Well, good morning, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to Julia's Trucking Cafe. And this week we have Lori on. Lori, I want to thank you for joining us at the Trucking Cafe this week. You're welcome. And I see that you have something to drink. Come on in. Let's have a seat and we'll talk about trucking and some cooking and how you do cooking in the truck. Okay. So how? explain to me how you and I met. I know how you and I, I met. met. Explain to me how you. <laughs> I met you when I was working for PTO, Paschal Truck Lines out of Murray, Kentucky. And we were going to swap a load in Canton, Ohio. It <laughs> turned out I didn't need to take your load, and uh, you had delivered it by the time I got there. And we've been friends ever since. Yeah, through thick and thin, haven't we? Yep. And you left PTL and went to another company, and I followed you and another friend of mine, and you guys both left and left me there. Oh. (laughs) But you've gone on to bigger and better things. Well, I try. I try. Um, So what are – let's get – right into the meat of everything that we're going to be talking about this week. So what are some of the favorite appliances that you usually use when you're on the truck? Um, In the summertime, I tend to use my George Foreman grill and my microwave and my coffee maker. And in the colder months, I'm more apt to use my slow cooker and my 250-degree 12-volt lunchbox oven. And, of course, coffee maker and microwave. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> microwave anymore has to be pretty – is a pretty much a constant. I mean, you have to have a refrigerator, a microwave, and now everybody's having, you know, dish network or some kind of satellite TV, you know, that, that are mm-hmm. going to sit there and w- want to watch the game or something like that. Um, do you have any I kind of favorite watch. spices? I'm sorry? Um, I use the pink Himalayan salt in a grinder. Mm-hmm. Pretty much um, Italian seasoning or sweet basil, occasionally thyme and marjoram. I have them in my truck. I don't use pepper because I don't like the taste of pepper. (laughs) And I use the thyme sparingly because I'm not crazy about it either. I tend to shy away from the garlic salts and the onions, the onion salts. I'd rather use fresh garlic which I do buy in a glass jar already chopped up. And that makes it really de- convenient. Yes, and dehydrated dehydrated onions because you know we're not supposed to have big sharp knives even though some of us do. <laughs> Well, you know, to come up with a box or anything, you know, you have to have some mm-hmm. kind of tools of the trade. What kind of, yep. um, besides appliances, what kind of utensils do you have? I forgot to write that question down. What kind of utensils do you usually carry with you? I have wooden spoons, and I have, for stirring while I'm cooking, I have a regular plastic spoon for dishing out, and I have a ladled spoon with holes in it for like pastas or anything, you know, that ne- that has a liquid that I'm not going to consume to drain that like off. Straining, like a straining, like a straining almost. spoon. Yes. And of course there's a, a flipper and a, a fork and knife. I okay. do use plastic for eating, but I have metal for cooking. 
And any kind of simple dishes, you don't have to give out your secret recipes or anything, but any kind of simple dishes that you want to share with the audience? I tend to do, like in the winter, chili or beef stew. I change them up in, in type of meat and seasonings. Um, I also do boneless, skinless chicken or pork on the grill. And, of course, sandwich meats. Um, and they have, you know, Martha White makes these packages for muffins. And okay. I don't use I don't use dairy because it doesn't keep in the truck too well, and I have a sensitivity to it now. So I use an almond milk, and instead of a half a cup, I use three quarters of a cup, and I mix it right in the aluminum pan and put it in my lunchbox oven. It does not cook in 8 to 12 minutes or 14 to 16 minutes. It takes about 50 because the temperature is only 250, and, of course, it doesn't brown up. But I like to get that in the bran or um, the banana nut, sometimes the mixed berry. It's pretty good. And I just cook that while I'm going down the road. When I can smell it, I know I need to unplug it. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, you do snack. Right. And I will have to say, just as a disclaimer, you do have to watch out with um, those lunchbox ovens because I bought one from RoadPro, and it pulls a lot of voltage. And I made the mistake, goofy me, my blonde and senior moment was showing again. I plugged it into a cigarette lighter adapter instead of right into the cigarette lighter itself. It melted the adapter all the wire it really pulls a lot of voltage, so don't any newbies out there don't ever do that if you're going to get one of those lunch lunchbox ovens at all. Any I like twelve doing volt scallop. Go ahead. Any twelve volt appliance will do that. From the Coleman coolers, igloo coolers, that you can't put them in an adapter; they have to go directly into the plug. Okay. I leave my truck and running when I use any of those appliances too. Just even though I have an inverter, I leave my truck running. Right. Yeah. So that alternator can keep up with the, you know, what you're draining yeah. the batteries on. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And a, any other kind of recipes or favorite dishes that you want to use or want to let us know about? Um, well, I've gotten kind of health, health conscious and I've gotten into the non GMO things and I've given up, you know, fried foods and fast foods. I pretty much almost always cook in my truck. And I found that rice can be gluey. Pasta can sometimes be a challenge. I've uh, switched over to a thing called quinoa. It looks like bird seed, and it cooks like rice. It's two to one. It's high protein. It's very good for you. Um, easy to mm-hmm. eat. You can dress it up any way you want. Um, I tend to like it Mediterranean style. Although I've had to remove spinach because I don't like spinach, but <laughs> but you know diced tomatoes with garlic and onion, um, some feta cheese, it makes a good side dish. It also makes a good full dish. You can uh, I can cook a chicken breast in the George Foreman grill, slice it mm-hmm. up or pull it apart and shred it in, put it in with the quinoa. And it's it's high protein, low calorie. Um, there's a lot of us tend to eat right before we go to sleep. Yeah, and it's, it is mm, quick. I wonder why. I, mean, just, I know. <laughs> it's not like wonder we have all day why. to sit and cook. I'm usually cooking when I'm driving. 
If right. I'm using the slow cooker, I'm cooking when I'm driving. Now, I used to, when I cooked, and I got a while here up to cook, and, and that you bring up the oven is a, is a good thing. I would make meatloaf in the oven going down the road, and it yeah, usually would take the the, Bert, uh, the Burton um, oven, lunchbox oven that I had. Um, mm-hmm. It would take about four hours, but the Road Pro cut that time in half. It was only two hours. And, right. uh, and it would drain it or what, uh, uh, I usually, you could use an oven bag or those, uh, aluminum pans that they have with the lunchbox mm-hmm. oven. And then I would take one pan out and I would have another one set up with, um, scalloped potatoes. And especially when I had my son with me in the truck, I would do more cooking because you just get really right. tired of eating in truck stops day after day. And they never change the menus, but once every 90 days. And it just gets this monotonous is, to me. Besides not being healthy stops for really you. Don't, but, yeah, and some truck stops really don't have a menu like Love's. They, it's you know, right. Chester Chicken or McDonald's or Subway right. and McDonald's or Subway and Chester. Or they have the roller food, which I am not a fan of. Yeah, that, that's a heart attack waiting food. to happen. That's a heart yes, attack waiting to happen as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> to try I to eat make healthy omelets. out here is a challenge. You make omelets. Yeah, I do make what omelets. Kind of omelets yes. make? Um, ham what? and mushroom with a little. And I take the t- my eggs and I crack them and I whip them up and I put them in with the. They go in the, the 250 degree lunchbox oven i'll put the butter in the bottom and i'll close it and let it melt and i'll kind of pour it around and then i'll pour the eggs in and start them cooking and by the time i've done my pre-trip and i'm getting ready to start rolling um the eggs are almost done and i'll throw in the mushrooms and the ham pieces Mm -hmm. and a little bit of cheese which i usually use the monterey jack or I'll use uh, the jalapeno cheese if I can find it. A little spice, you know, dress it up because I'm not big on salt and pepper and stuff like that. Um, okay. And then it'll be done. Next thing you know, it's done. And I can sit down and eat it relatively quickly. It doesn't take very long. I go back. If the pre-trip is done, I can go off duty or finally log my pre-trip because sometimes I do my pre-trip before I actually show it. <laughs> it's the Same easy way to do it. Yeah, it's the easy way to do it. You know, <laughs> I'm off duty. I'm, I'm out there and I'm checking everything out. And my food is cooking. Now, and, and you made that in the in the lunchbox. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Wow. I don't have. I have a nine. I have a nine inch electric burner. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of cleanup with a pan. So with the lunchbox oven, I can just crumple it up, throw it away. I don't have to wash anything yeah. except the fork. Right. And see, and I have and a Keurig I... coffee pot, and I love the, my Keurig because I have the little plastic, and that's off the subject of cooking, but for making coffee anyway, or hot, even hot chocolate, you know. And then they have the little paper mm-hmm. filters that go inside the hard plastic filter, refillable filter that you could buy. And I just use regular Maxwell House coffee, and put it yeah. in the little paper filter, and all I do is pull out the paper filter and throw it away. I don't have to worry about rinsing out anything or buying all them pods and having all these different kind of pods and everything in the truck, you know, because we're in such a confined space. 
as well. I carry, I carry bulk decaf. Do the same thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> so aside from, uh, is there anything else, any other cooking tips that you can give us? Um, aside from it's usually done when you can smell it. <laughs> because when you're using when you're using lower temperature appliances, um, a lot of times they're, they're going to take two three times longer to cook. Mm-hmm. So you know when you're using a slow cooker, that you can always smell that when it's done. You know when the beef stew when the beef and the the carrots and the potatoes are cooked, you can always smell it. And you you know when you stop, you turn it down to low. And you know when you stop for your half-hour break, you can just thicken it up real quick with some, I carry flour, and of course a big jug of water. I was, my flour is pre-mixed for gravy. So <laughs> you just stir it in and thicken it up, and you can eat it that way. I what are don't some eat a of lot of bread. I'm sorry, what are some of the I, slow cooker recipes that you like to do in the wintertime? Uh, beef tips with Tomato, un- no, dehydrated onions, carrots, sometimes a little bit of celery, uh, which is basically beef stew. And then, of course, there's either beef chili or turkey chili with beans or without, a little bit of onions, um, tomato sauce with mushrooms, dehydrated onions, an extra cup of water, and I throw the pasta right in it. And the pasta will absorb the water right out of the sauce. Okay. Um, I in, and soup. I enjoy making red beans and rice in the wintertime in my little pot. I'm, I'm sure that would go real well. I'm, I'm sure that's very good. I don't eat rice, so. <laughs> I can't say from my experience I've never made red bean and rice in my in my truck. I used to make other stuff. I mean, I used to make muffins and uh, mashed potatoes, and I'd use the microwave for the mashed potatoes and the lunchbox oven for the muffins or the biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't eat a lot of bread anymore, so I don't do that. Um, I do have a soup that I like that is, you can't make it in small quantities, so I end up making it in my full four-quart or five-quart uh, slow cooker. It's all vegetables. Um, green beans, zucchini. Cabbage is the main ingredient. There's a lot of cabbage. Celery. Some shaved carrots. Either chicken bouillon, chicken broth, beef broth, or vegetable broth. And you can either cut it, and there's onions. You can either cut it up and eat it with chunks, or you could shred it. Or once it's cooked, you could throw it through a, a blender which I carry my Ninja blender on board for my smoothies. Uh, and you can pulverize it that way. You can eat it hot or cold. It's zero calories, and you can eat as much as you want. I do my best. <laughs> I'm not trying to gain a lot of weight out here, but I do like to And eat. it's easy to do. And it's easy mm-hmm. to do. Lord knows, you know... Everybody has done it, especially me. I've gained a lot over the years that I've been trucking out here. And it's like a, I feel like Oprah and being a yo-yo, I'm sorry to say. But, um, you know, you, lo- you lose in the summer and you gain in the wintertime. And um, yep. it's tough. It's tough without the exercise yes, that, you, that you, need to, you need to have. 
and need to get. Um, When I went, go ahead. When I went through school, they told us, you know, every new driver gains 60 to 65 pounds their first year. And at the time, I was over 200 pounds. It's like, I don't need to gain 60 to 65 pounds. So I started trying to eat as carefully as possible. And I I did lose something like 36 pounds the first six months I was driving. And since then, I've pretty much maintained the same weight by not eating a lot of junk. I don't eat cookies or donuts. Once in a blue moon, I'll buy a package and I try to stretch it out as long as possible. Usually it takes me a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. In the wintertime, we do gain weight, probably because we eat heavier foods to stay warm. Well, and you just don't want to go outside. It's cold. It's nasty. It it's is. freezing rain. It's snow. I don't want to go outside to eat. I'll just, I'll just get, uh, uh, eat some potato chips, or I'll just eat a few cookies, and that'll get me by. And and then you go to bed because okay, now I'm sleepy because I'm full. Instead of yes. taking a couple of laps around the parking lot, you know, I even got a dog, and to help me. I used lose to have it. one. Yep, I you used know, to have one, and in the winter time. You don't want to walk your dog in the winter, do you? I don't want to go outside in the cold and walk my dog. No, no, not really. She loves it. I have a little miniature schnauzer, and, boy, she loves the snow. She thinks that's neater than sliced bread and butter on bread. And she <laughs> loves it, but, you know, she's a mess. And still, it's like, oh, we're going outside. Oh, we're going outside. Now we're going to walk for an hour. No, we're not. we got to go. <laughs> we got to deliver this load. Yeah. we got to go. Yeah, 10, so 15 that's, minutes that's, isn't really enough time for them. Right. But when it's right. minus, you know, when it's minus 14 wind chill, or God knows if you're in Minnesota or Wisconsin and it's February, who wants to go outside? I don't even want to go check exactly. in. Are you kidding? Exactly. <laughs> Although, don't let anybody fool you. Uh, Moriarty, New Mexico, New Year's Day, last year, minus 4 degrees, 12 inches of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I didn't know New Mexico got snow like that. And <laughs> Mississippi, nine degrees New Year's. Never got yeah. that cold in five, six years I've been living there in North Mississippi. So now mm-hmm. aside from cooking, what are some of the things that you see out here on the road as far as bad habits go with cars and <laughs> trucks? Um, not signaling when they change lanes, both. Um, trucks changing lanes too fast. I've seen some pretty heavy trucks, uh, their boxes, they zip into the next lane and the box is like whoosh, way out in the next lane over. They look like they're going to tip over. Everybody's in so much of a hurry. Um, cars particularly stepping on their brakes, uh, coming almost to a complete stop in front of you for no reason. Oops, there's my exit. You know, it's like, okay, so you want to die today because you don't have enough sense to get out of the way before you stop. Um, talking on the phone, holding it to your ear, both cars and trucks. I got a big problem with it. Big problem. Especially truck driver. You're supposed to be one button control. If you're too cheap to buy a headset, maybe you shouldn't be on the phone. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Or, or wireless, yep. hands-free, wireless. You know, you don't have $100 to blow or not to blow, but to invest 
in your life and other people's lives because you want to rest your elbow on the side window while you're talking on the phone. I've seen gas tanker drivers having the, their phone up to their ear. Um, mm-hmm. You don't realize it's a $2,500 fine and $10,000 to the company besides killing somebody because you can't turn yeah. your head because you're too busy yakking, holding it up to your ear like the old days. Well, I just can't hear on a headset. Find one that's good for you, that works for you. They have volume controls. They have different kind of ringers and everything. They have the kind that just go over the earlobe. You don't have to have it across your head or anything if you don't like that kind. Nope. They have the dog, what I call the dog collar kind. They go around your neck and they have just little earbuds in your ears. That kind of gets distracting mm-hmm. though too, I find. If I don't keep one out of my, you know, like my good ear, have the phone in my, my good ear is my left ear. So if I have the earbud in my left ear, I keep the right one out so I can still hear a horn or, you know, some uh, the other, my surroundings. Sirens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to have an earbud in each ear when you're driving. You're, you're supposed to have one ear accessible at all times. So, But you don't have to spend $100. Mm-hmm. Road King makes a perfectly good headset that is 10x noise canceling, wireless, it's Bluetooth, you can hear, and it's forty nine ninety five. A right. friend of mine has one of those little earbuds that hooks over her ear. She paid nineteen ninety five for it. Now, granted, it's not the greatest quality coming through to me. I hear a lot of her background noise because it's not ten x canceling, but she's legal. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. She's legal. She's not holding well, her phone and, to her ear. And then you get points when you fuel. At Love's, at Pilot, at Flying J, at TA, stockpile your points. Use your points yeah. to get yourself a headset for a Christmas present to yourself, for a birthday present to yourself, because you're also saving. You're saving yourself a $2,500 ticket and your company a $10,000 mm-hmm. fine and saving countless lives out there. It's not yep. rocket scientists, people. It's not rocket yep. science. Love so in particular has a four-point base. Right. You know, what Love would you has change a four-point base. So. What would I change? Um, as in bad habits or as in regulations? Both. You could talk about both. Hmm. Well, um, my brother was a truck driver back in the day, and they had different hours of service back then, which I don't really know what they were because I was young. But now that we've got a half-hour break we have to take in the first eight hours, and we have to take a 10-hour break, um, and I know a lot of people are going to argue with this one, I'd like to see the 70-hour clock go bye-bye. If a driver mm-hmm. can, if I mean, I can make more money if I don't have to stop every five days or don't have to drive smaller, shorter hours every day in order to have recaps, which can sometimes, you know, when you're sitting at shippers and receivers, you're losing time like crazy. And I would like to be able to work when I want to work. Um, Your average Joe goes to work eight to 10 hours a day. He can work seven days a week if he wants to, if he wants to work overtime. What makes him any less tired than me? Um, I have to stop twice a day anyways. Plus, I have to stop to fuel. I have to do a pre-trip. I should do a post-trip. 
I don't see why we have to be limited to just a 70-hour clock. A lot of people argue with me, well, then drivers wouldn't take their, you know, they wouldn't take their time off and they wouldn't go home. What driver do you know isn't going to take two or three days off when they want to? You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Now, there is legislation or I think proposed legislation to um, the sleeper berth instead of the 8 and 2 or the straight 10 to be able to uh, break that up to where we used to have it in the old days, five and five, uh, any kind of combination of 10. And if you're stuck more than two hours at a shipper, you could go ahead and go off duty or sleeper and that'll stop that 14 hour clock. I have a big problem with the 14 hour clock that I'm always pushing against. Not so much 70 hours because everybody, anybody's going to get tired after 70 hours of working all week. Um, but the uh, 14 hour clock is really what I have a problem with. I think if you're sitting at a shipper or a receiver more than two hours and they haven't even put you in a door yet, I think they, you should, you're, you should be able to reset. They should be able to reset your 14 hour clock or you should be able to reset your 14 hour clock. It, it's stupid. I've been out in the produce fields and I've I've sat six to eight hours at times, and now my clock is gone. Um, right. It's not quite at eight hours. I can move if they, you know, if they've got me loaded. But a lot of times it's like that. Six hours, six to seven seems to be the common time to sit somewhere to either load or unload. And I would like to see a way to reset the fourteen-hour clock as well. I don't yeah, understand why I, they're why they're legislating it so strictly. It's this computer says I can roll now, but I haven't had any sleep. So how is the computer telling? How is it going to make it any safer? It's not. Yeah, you know? like this morning, I was uh, I was four hours um, unloading over at Walmart. It would have been great to reset, you know, my fourteen hour clock. And here, I I had to move because Walmart's not going to let you stay on their property. You got yeah, go. only four, only four hours at Walmart. You were lucky. Mm-hmm. It's usually, <laughs> I would like usually, I would, I would like to see, a companies across the board on the ELDs allow a certain amount of, uh, rolling, without tripping into the, the drive clock. Some companies have got it set so that if you have a half a rotation on the tire, you're on the drive line, and that's stealing time from you... the driver. As soon as you push in the parking brake, you're, it automatically flips you to on duty. Yeah, some of them even do that. Are that way. That's bad. Yeah, it is that, and that's bad because it's, it's stealing time from the driver and decreasing their ability to make any money. Right. You know, if you got to do a drop and hook in the the drop lot, and you've got to drive over to the pickup lot, um, you show your drop and hook, and you go off duty and drive across the parking lot to pick up the trailer. You're back on the drive line. You know, right? And what if you've got to sit there and you discover there's a flat tire? Well, now you got to go off duty, and you're really going to lose a lot of time. And if that happens frequently, you know, I mean, when you're on the same property, you can't even move to go down to the office and say, "Hey, that trailer's got a flat tire." Without it, you have to walk down. And sometimes it's not convenient. It's pouring rain or it's snowing up a storm. Um, The regulations are just too tight. They're constantly stealing time from the drivers. How are we supposed to make any money? Well, and they're all worried about safety. They're not worried about our revenue at all. 
They're all they're worried about is because the, the the general population is complaining, is complaining, is complaining. But if they would ride with us drivers, I they wouldn't last with me a week out here to see nope. what the cars are pulling and the different stunts that the cars are pulling. I've had cars um, race up beside, beside me to my front end and back off and race up and back off and then cut me off in, in two lanes from the left. Uh-huh. And like you were talking about um, missing their exit on uh, 64 in West Virginia is notorious. One guy stopped in the middle of the interstate, stopped dead right in front of me because he missed his exit. He was right across from the exit, middle lane. He stopped dead and shot off to the right. Didn't didn't even worry about this big semi coming up behind him. I don't even think he looked at a rearview mirror. Why do you even have a rearview mirror when nobody even uses them? It's just, mm-hmm. it, I shake my head wondering, you know, come on, people. Um, so, yeah, and what to are go, some of your favorite? To go back oh, to, well, to go back to your comment about the um, the eight two, the sleeper birth, um, mm-hmm. they actually are going. To, they are doing a study. They've got I think something like five hundred drivers. They're studying the eight two, seven three, six four, and five five, to see which one is the best, or if they all work well, if they should allow the regulation, find a way to program it. Um, they're doing that study right now, and I think that's a good idea. But um, I don't know. I think resetting the 14-hour clock would be better. And I don't know how you feel about this, but no matter how you look at it, ELDs are not going to improve safety. All it does is it manages the driver's time more effectively and it keeps the company from abusing the driver. But at the same time, you can't tell a driver, hey, you're asleep right now because you're going to have to drive in 10 hours. You know, if you can't sleep, you right? can't sleep. I mean, you get you slept at a truck stop an hour and a half away from your pickup because it's the closest one. You drive to your pickup, get low or your unload, and or you you deliver your load, and then you drive back to the truck stop. You're waiting for dispatch, and your company's taking its sweet time, and you're losing time. And then they finally give you five hours down the road. They give you a dispatch, and they're like, "Well, you can be there tomorrow, right?" And you're like, <laughs> "No." I still got yep. four hours before my clock is reset, but I haven't had any sleep. I've been sitting here waiting for you, and I slept all night. Yeah. So how it, it's not going to help with safety at all because drivers are going to drive regardless. Right. They're going to run out of time, and they're not going to make their deliveries, and their companies are going to get mad at them. And if you stay and, and do a full 10-hour break, you're not going to make the delivery on time anyways, and the company's still going to get mad at you. It's going to create a whole host of other problems. Now, so they've got the to do something ch- about it. The biggest switch that I see between the paper logs and the ELDs is that we went from how many miles you could drive in a day to how many hours you're driving in a day. And everybody's mm-hmm. pushing that 10 that because we do have three clocks in case there's people out here that aren't in our industry we do have three clocks a 70 hour clock 11 hour clock and a 14 hour clock that we have to keep track of and the 11 and the 14 are the two biggest ones that we're constantly pushing the limit with got to get down Mm -hmm. the road got to get down the road 
I don't, if I'm not feeling good, if I have a migraine, if I have a cold, if I just happen to don't know if I'm getting the flu or not because of the changing of the weather for one day, it's, it's 10 below zero. The next day it's 70 degrees. It's Mm -hmm. prime weather to get sick. You can't, what, what really aggravates me is a pet peeve of mine. You can't even lay down to take a nap because you're not feeling good. You're not on top of your game with that 14-hour rule. Just mm-hmm. to lay down for two hours, three hours, just to grab a nap so you feel better. And you know, because you're seeing pink elephants or, you know, you just your head is all clogged <laughs> up from sinuses or allergies or something. And with changing from the, the northeast down to the southwest or, you know, allergies really come into play. So how yes. do you feel about that? Great. I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we lose our time because we don't feel good. And companies want to know, well, why did you only drive 400 miles today? Because I had to take a nap. I didn't feel good. I was sick or I ate something that wasn't good. Or maybe I didn't cook my chicken enough. And, you know, <laughs> I had to stop frequently. But, yeah, it. it it's a whole host of problems. So I also what I also that? don't like the speed limiters. I really don't like the speed limiters. I realize they're trying to save fuel, but mm-hmm. when you're governed at 62 miles an hour, and you're in Texas or South Dakota, New Mexico, Arizona, places where the speed limit is 70, 75, 80, you're a major hazard. We're a major hazard because we can't do the speed limit and cars become a hazard to us because we can't get past, we can't get into their lane to avoid something because they're going too fast. I've been forced off of, I've been forced off on a, in the lane. Cause you know, we ride the granny lane, the, the far right lane. I've been mm-hmm. forced off an exit because I couldn't get over in Michigan, which wow. is only 10 miles difference. It's wow. happened several times. Cause Four-wheelers will not let you in. Doesn't matter. You put your signal on. It could be on for 10 fucking minutes. They're not part of my French. They're not going to let you in. Missouri and is bad forced. about that as well. Across 70, yeah. they're really bad about that, Missouri. Anytime the, right-hand lane, that. anytime the right-hand lane disappears or goes yeah. off on an exit... Um, mm-hmm. I start looking to change, but you know, I, I drive a lot of the same routes, so I know the roads, and I know that oh, five miles up the road, um, this road, this lane's going to be gone. I'm going to start trying to get over now, and sometimes I just wiggle the back end of my truck, and the car behind me will back off, and I can get over. But that's not really safe either. So, yeah, it's like I think um, hello. If, do you see a turn signal? Hello, I got this flashing thing I know. going on. Yep. Is oh, it, they ignore uh, it completely. Mhm. They ignore it. And in some states, it, it's like I'm just a roll. I'm just a building in their way to drive around. They don't even really realize I'm moving. They think I can stop on a dime, which I can't. And, or they just blatantly are disregarding the rules of the road. I don't know why we have rules of the road. Why do we have speed limits? They, Nobody uses they them. Are, Hurry up, get around this big, slow truck. I got to hurry up and get around this big, slow truck because it's in my way. They don't realize that that is the worst thing they can do. It is safer behind me. I don't know how you feel about this. It is safer behind me than it is in front of me. 
and that I'm well, this told- rolling, moving missile going down the road. Mm-hmm. I've told my children, um, if you're behind a truck and they're starting to slow down, pay attention, or their brakes come on and their flashers come on. Slow down. Stay behind them. Don't go around them. There's a reason they're coming to a stop. Mm-hmm. In the lane. If we're in the lane and we've got it, we've turned our flashers on and our brakes are on, there's a reason we're coming to a stop. Don't shoot past us. Right. You're just going to shoot right into whatever accident or whatever car is up there. I saw an accident. Or, I was or on, cause another on my one. way home. I saw an accident on my way home. A guy in a Dodge Ram wasn't paying attention. He was flying up the road at 65 miles an hour. I had just gotten into the high-speed lane. I was in my car. Um, And I knew traffic was coming to a a halt, but I also knew that the right lane was going to disappear. So I got into the the high-speed lane and started to slow down and hit my flashers. And he went flying by me, slammed right into the back of like a Honda Civic. Yep. And shoved her full speed, 65 miles an hour. She was stopped right into the back end of a swift truck. Yep. And then his bumper blew off. His hood blew up over his windshield. He spun across both lanes in front of the car ahead of me and landed sideways in the cable guardrail on 70 North, which didn't used to be there. Um before they started the construction, he'd gone right across into the oncoming lanes because he was still moving right. when he when he slammed into that. And I I went past him and I thought, well, thank God I'm ahead of it and I won't be stuck behind it. But at the same time, I wanted to get out and go check to see if the person in the car was okay. And I mm-hmm. don't know. The Swift truck didn't move. I don't know if he was standing on his brake. I don't know because... I don't know about you, but when I'm stopped, I have a tendency to watch my mirrors. Right. Because people are stupid and they do stupid things. And if I can get out of the way, I'm going to. But he didn't move. So. Well, if you're stopped, what I start doing is I start pumping my brakes to call their attention. Even though I have my flashers on and I'm at a dead stop and I don't have my parking brake on yet. And I see cars coming up behind me very fast. I start pumping my brakes to flash Mm -hmm. my brake lights. To call their attention, oh heck, you know, distracted driving yeah. once again. You know, they're looking down. He wouldn't not even have seen attention. them though. This guy yeah. in the Dodge Ram wouldn't even have seen that because she was stopped right behind. Yeah. She wasn't right behind the truck. There was probably seven or eight feet of travel distance between her and the truck. So and she just she stopped pl- slammed back. Oh, she was stopped completely stopped. I mean, traffic right. was stopped in the right lane completely. The middle lane was moving very slowly, and the right lane hadn't come to a stop yet. But I moved over because I didn't want to be near those big trucks and the traffic coming up on them. So I you know, it was in my car. I moved into the hammer lane so I could slow down and come up to it because I'd come around the curve, and here was the traffic. Of course, I expect that around Columbus, but... And right. This guy just slammed into that car and shoved her right into that truck. And all I could think is that poor Swift driver um, had nothing to do with that accident, had nothing to do with the cause of it, and his company's probably going to fire him. Because there's well, a vehicle that know. hit him. There's a vehicle that's, that has hit him and is going to be need to be towed. Uh, that car well, crumbles we, right but, up. 
but we don't know. We don't know that for sure with extenuating circumstances and stuff, so we really well, can't, true. you know, go ahead and, and judge. Right. Well, that's you know, true, hopefully but the not. DOT, not. the DOT doesn't ascribe blame. They just send a, a notice to the company that this truck was involved in a tow-away accident, even though the truck had nothing to do with it. Hopefully there will be a, a the police officer will make sure that he notes in the, the, um, Accident report, report. That, that everybody right. was stopped. That everybody was stopped, and the truck is a victim of the guy in the pickup truck. You know, right, right. Hopefully. So, on another note, um, what kind of favorite trucking apps do you like to use? Do you have any? I have all of the truck stop apps. I have a Blue Beacon app, and um. I had a fuel app. I stopped using it because <laughs> I had to go out of my routes to get to the. And I I pretty much just fuel it. Loves. I don't use a lot of the trucking apps at all. Just the Blue Beacon okay. and the Truck Stop apps. And what? A, and do you know about the trucking? It's called the trucking app. Truck Trucker's Path. I mean. I had Trucker Path. I took it off my phone because I never used it. Okay. Um, and did you happen to see that uh, U.S. Express article by, that was published back in October of 2017? The one about the ELDs? Yes, ma'am. And their turnover? And what, yes. That's what, what caught, me, that's what caught that me about. Yeah, um, it's sad that they're going to profit on the loss of small businesses, but at the same time, all the companies are going to profit from small businesses closing, small trucking businesses closing. Um, I was concerned what caught me the most was their 100% turnover rate. Um, I think they need to investigate that, find out why they have such a high turnover rate. It's not the drivers, it's not the trucks, it's something the company's doing. It's got to be. I have a business degree. Um, it's got to be directly, the company's got to be directly responsible for such a high turnover rate. Right. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe, I thought it was a misprint when I seen it. And my previous guest, Bride, and I discussed that as well. There, it was like he was almost touting that we have a 100% turnover rate and we we hire 7,000 drivers a year. I went, what? I'm like, yeah. that's not oh. good. <laughs> it's, that's not good. No, that's good. not that's good. <laughs> no, and they're that thinking with the with the with the um, industry all going into ELDs that uh, they're going to benefit from that and they're going to get better drivers. It's not the drivers; it's something the company is doing that causes the turnover rate. Their drivers are unhappy, so they're leaving. I don't know what it is. I've never worked for U.S. Express, so I can't even gander a guess at what it is. But every company. If it was the drivers or the vehicles, every company would have the same problem. So right. why is their turnover rate so high? It's got to be the company. Right. I've worked for a they, small company. Yeah. I worked for a small company in Alabama that didn't pay very well, didn't have anywhere near that kind of turnover rate. Right. They had 65 trucks, and their drivers had all been there for years. So what was he doing that was different than this big company? And he didn't even pay as much. Right. You know, 30 cents a mile right. is not a lot of money. <laughs> and that was only a couple of years ago. So 
Now, you, we talked about ELDs, and we talked mm-hmm. about um, cooking, different, you know, cooking on the show. What about um, some of this accident prevention radar stuff on the truck, or what about dash cams? How do you feel about those? I think the driver putting a dash cam in is okay, but if a company has a rear-facing camera on me, I don't want to work for that company. I'm an owner-operator anyway, so um, I don't have to deal with that. But if I'm going to leave my truck, say my truck needs an in-frame and I can't afford it, and I decide to get out of the owner-operator and go into company driving, now I'm looking at companies, and one of my first questions is, is your routing suggested or required? What kind of safety equipment do you have? If there's a rear-facing camera, I'm not going to drive for them at all. I'm going to say thank you. I'm not interested. Right. Um, outside cameras, I don't mind outside cameras at all because people do stupid things, and an outside camera can absolve you from blame. Exactly. Um, dash cams can exactly. absolve you from blame. Mobileye, Mobileye doesn't bother me. Um, it reads the lanes, and it lets it, you know, different sounds for right lane and left lane lines. Um, I can deal with that. That doesn't bother me. Even though a certain amount of readings on both sides tells the company, hey, this driver's drowsy or this driver's not safe, don't mind the mobile eye. Uh, I don't find it What about the one in the front? What about the one in the front, though, on the bumper? The one that slows you down? Yes. Automatically? I don't yes. like them, but I don't like, I don't like vehicles that are smarter than me. Um, <laughs> I had a... I had a friend I had a friend that was driving in a truck that had that automatic slowdown um, mm-hmm. and when they'd start down a hill it would see a bridge going across as um, an object in front of it and it would slam on the brakes it was malfunctioning if the yep. if the equipment functions properly I don't have a problem with it but it's just another thing to go wrong in the truck, and it can cause a problem. I mean, think about it. You're starting down a hill. All of a sudden, your brakes slam on. The guy behind you rear-ends you because he's not paying attention. Well, and not only you know? that, but when you're in traffic and a car cuts in front of that gap that you already left the vehicle in front of you, and it balls up, as my friend would say, balls up and stops, and almost mm-hmm. threw him through the windshield, and he's six three, and it left you know a mark and everything. Um, there was another team that, of the company that he works for because they have that what I call anti-collision sensors on their trucks, and there was a right. team running, and they uh, it malfunctioned, and somebody cut them off and threw her up into she was in the passenger seat, threw her up into the hand rail on the by the passenger door and threw him into the steering wheel uh because of it because it balled up and stopped on its own with you know really no warning so yeah i yeah, the seat belt, I, mm. and the seat belts didn't lock in place apparently right sometimes yeah, it takes, it yeah it sometimes it. it takes a collision yeah, sometimes right. it takes a collision to cause them to stop my um my seatbelt is very sensitive. 
uh, a wobbling wheel causing a constant vibration locks my seatbelt. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's annoying. It, it locks too quickly. Mine is too sensitive. But I'd rather have it locks than have uh, somebody hit me and it not lock and throw me. Not lock. Yeah. Right. right. Equipment really has to function properly. And if it doesn't function, 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 I can't talk. If it doesn't function properly, who's to say the company's going to say, oh, well, it was our equipment, it, you know, and it wasn't functioning properly. Instead, they're going to try to blame you and say, well, you didn't do something right. Companies never want to be noticed for uh, malfunctioning equipment. But they oh, no. also don't want to never. get it. They also don't want to get you in to fix it because they don't want to spend the money. Well, that's mm-hmm. um, that's shutting down the revenue of the truck. You know, if you're in the shop, that means the truck is down, and that means you know they're losing money on that truck, and uh, they don't want to pay you layover pay, or you know mm-hmm. that they, your or truck is down. down if you're breakdown break pay. pay. Right, yep. right. A lot of companies don't pay breakdown pay. Well, we're almost done with our hour. Boy, did that go fast. Is there any other yes, tips or did. tricks for for any newbies that may be in the audience that you would like to share? Follow the rules of the road and keep your eyes 360 degrees. Head constantly moving, I take it. Yep. And get out and look when you're backing up. Right. Look. It's very important. Don't let anybody shame you. Just do it. Yeah. And as well, long as you advice. don't hit anything, <laughs> who cares how many times you pull up into a, a parking spot or back in into a dock? As long as you don't hit the truck on either side of you, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, people, That's right. drivers and cars alone have to have patience out here. They have to have consideration and they have to have patience. I can not really stress that enough anymore. You know, people are just nope. too much, like you were talking about earlier, people are just too much in, in a hurry. hurry. You know, slow down and smell the roses and the coffee, will you? You never know what you can mm-hmm. see. Absolutely. But on that note, on that note, Lori, take, thank you so much for stopping into the Trucking Cafe. And you have a rest of the great day. You too. Keep trucking, keep it between the lines, and stay safe. And this uh, concludes this episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe. Until we meet again next week, stay safe, keep the shiny side up.
Stop by any of the 70 Denver area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. by any of the 70 Denver area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.